Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. Brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There is a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, Dan Michael and Moscow White with you on the weekly show, uh, updating you throughout the summer on stuff that's going on in the world of Leeds United. I mean, in fact, the big day, it's a big day. Let's um, mention this right at the start of the show. Ken Bates, the anniversary of him departing Leeds United. He ceased to be... Sad times. Ceased to be the president, sorry, of, uh, of Leeds United. Nine years ago, today as we record this on Tuesday, when... GFH gave him the boot and there is a Ken Bates quiz over on the extra ball isn't it what was it again Michael refresh our memories it's what is Ken what or who is Ken talking about what did he mention a few times bloody Arabs the what sorry the bloody Arabs the bloody Arabs check me because mm-hmm. I'm a private jet mm-hmm. how do you feel about that are you bloody sickening I can't believe it it's the worst to this day it made me upsetting because it was unjust mm-hmm. and then I went to Wim Williams another ridiculous boat and it's all with that idiot Patel. And David's a nice man still. Banged up. Lovely blow. Doesn't deserve it. But still, that's what you're going to get. When you get Gary Cooper at last, making the investors go away. And the money took it all and put it in a bin. And that was nothing to do with me. That was because of the idiots that have scared them off. Mm-hmm. And, that's what you, and that was basically the end of it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're listening to Radio Yorkshire. <laughs> it was that for yeah. for years, wasn't it? Yeah. From Ken. With the ever, ever diminishing audience. All he'd ever talk about. Yes. Uh, if you want to play the Ken Bates quiz, it's over on the Extra Ball, our bonus podcast for our members. Uh, if you want to have a look at that, the squareball.net forward slash plus if you are not yet uh, a member. How do you find the uh, the nine years since Ken ceased to be? It's got, I think it's gradually on a bit of a sort of upswing. Well, a definite upswing. You think? It went mad for a bit after us as well, didn't it? But for a long time, it was hard to beat that week. So then they got rid of Sean Harvey, and then they got rid of Gwyn Williams, and they got rid of Ken Bates, and they signed Luke Murphy for a million. Possibly the best week in Leeds United's mm. whole 2010s. And then Luke Murphy turned upon his debut and scored, handballed it, and then scored in the last minute, didn't he? And it was all great fun for about a week. With a flick on from Matthew Smith, it was all, mm. um, it was great, and the sun was shining, and we all sang uh, that Bates was out, um, possibly dead. That was optimistic at the time. <laughs> And uh, yeah, a great summer. Imagine that, spending a million pounds on a footballer. Can you, imagine, can you remember how grateful we were to be spending a million pounds? And look at us now, Premier League pigs that we are. Spend more, another hundred million, spend it all. We've just got a million pounds in, haven't we, for, for old Leaf Davis? And we're not even bothered. We're just like, yeah, fine. Set fire to it. We don't even need it. Put it <laughs> like Pablo Escobar, stick it, on the, stick it on the furnace to keep us warm. I wonder where I've not kept up with Ipswich Town's transfer dealings. Uh, for a long time, but I wonder when they last spent a million. It, it might not have been long ago. Yeah. Maybe things have changed in League One. I don't know. I remember us getting lots of free players. Although to my mind, Ipswich are still 
just about a Premier League club. You know, we've said before, like mm. the rules are whoever's in the Premier League when you're about 13 mm. should be there in perpetuity. Yeah. Frank Yallop still at the back. Yeah. John Walk playing forever. He's still there, isn't he? Yes. Um, so Leif Davis then does open up the door to, um, to a left back. Should we get a left back? It feels like we haven't got enough left backs at the club. Don't have any, do we? None that are functional at the minute. And where Junior Furpo's concerned, if we're going to be kind about him, we'll say, let's just say there's perhaps room for improvement. Mm, I would say so. Um, yeah, we should sign one, shouldn't we? I feel a bit sorry for Davis because Jesse was talking about him saying, oh, you know, this is basically a trial for him, these games in Australia. And then I think he's just been sent. <laughs> he's seen him like play a bit and gone, nah, off you go to Ipswich. But I mean, it's it's probably fair enough, isn't it? He's been here a long time now, is it? It feels like we're having a summer of clearing out these players of in their early 20s, like Shackleton and Roberts and people who maybe were thinking there's not much point you being there anymore. We might as well um, might as well move you on. But yeah, let's let's sign someone else. And and good luck to Davis. He gave us very good Davis, didn't he? He did, yeah. And uh, obviously we have a long-standing relationship with Ipswich. I mean, I'm struggling to say the word, not as much as Marcelo, Ipswich. which was a great moment. So we have all that to uh, to thank Bielsa and, uh, and Davis for. You see um, Jesse's comments on the left-back situation. Uh, committing to it, but but not quite. But then again, we saw him like sort of committing to Davis, didn't we? And you, you know that perhaps he wasn't speaking the whole truth about how they perceived Davis within that squad. Sounds like it was always the plan to move him on. So, I mean, take it with a pinch of salt. Um, we're actively pursuing both positions. So that's the striker and um, and the left-back one. Let's get both. It's probably quite hard for him to have a, a full ability to answer when he's on the opposite side of the planet from the director of football. We're not going to email each other and text each other and all that kind of stuff, but it may not have been the best moment to sort of be making a decision while he's, um, you know, he's, he had surfing to do. So there were different priorities in different parts of the world. And I guess they did take Davis to Australia. It was a bit different from players like Shackleton and Bay and Perveda who didn't go on the trip because they completely forgot about Perveda. Uh, definitely going and Perveda hasn't even gone yet. So there was a, a chance there, but I, th- I suppose as well as his performances in Australia, you are weighing up a million quid, which is not a bad return on the investment for a young player. Speaking of Victor Orta, have you seen the new uh, guidelines that the club tweeted out? It went out across football, didn't it, about bad behaviour inside stadiums? <laughs> Do you think they've had a word with Victor? And maybe control yourself this next season, otherwise you're going to end up in trouble? I think this is, from a Leeds point of view, it's mainly aimed at little kids going on the pitch, isn't it? Some of the stuff about parents be, can be done for... Crimes of their children mm. seems to be because I don't think there's there's not many problems at Ellen Road, are there? There's been the odd bit of pyro. We throw a lot of things, but they were supplied yeah. by the club and the, against Man City. Those yeah, weapons the, were supplied by the club. The Manchester City game will probably I don't know if that applies next season that they will just have to ban absolutely everybody <laughs> who was seen. But there was that there's that spell of uh, we talked about it last season as to whether it was incitement or just misfortune <laughs> that whenever. Players scored and they ran to the northwest corner. They generally got a, a ball to the nut or something. And a plastic it, one, we should say. They seem to be against that kind of thing now. But then you do, you know, contrast it with um, the things that went on at the end of the season where Leeds were probably, it was Rafinha invaded the stand at Brentford and then went across the pitch on his knees. And that was the most, uh, the worst that we did. Whereas you had the playoffs with Billy Sharp got, uh, yeah, he said, he got punched from behind, didn't he? The guy just sort of... He nutted him. Yeah, just it was yeah. like, a, it was like barreled, a, barreled through him, didn't he? It was yeah. like a running headbutt he did. And then you had Patrick Vieira at Everton having to fight his way off the Goodison pitch and there was um, Huddersfield, there was bottles being thrown and Luton fans going on with stitches in there and stuff. So we were actually probably one of the better behaved 
Um, we're, the best, the, we're the best behaved supporters in the land, Moscow. And if you think about it, like the, the final day, staying up on the final day at Brentford, we, you know, we we idly joked about going down to Griffin Park and dismantling that. Um, but the opportunity was there to to really tear up um, as Everton fans did, as the Sheffield United fans. Who was it? Sheffield United and Forest, wasn't it? Yeah. All that we could have done some of that and didn't because we're nice. Yeah. So none of this really applies to us, apart from the sort of bouncing bottles off players' heads. Bit thinking, you know, you know the paper at Grealish. Well, they'll say the Man City thing, that, that was all to do with paper and holding the paper up to do the display. So if they want to kind of modernise it and disrupt the market, why don't they give us all iPads? Because mm. you're going to think twice about lobbing an iPad at Jack Grealish, I think, aren't you? You think, oh, bloody hell, I've got an iPad here. I'll probably keep this. It's quite expensive. I can only assume one's included some of the ticket prices this year. Mm. But we'll get on to all that. Let's rewind back to, um, to Australia and the game against Palace. The Optus Stadium. Pyrotechnics there. Did you notice that? Mm. No bands there. Different rules in Australia, isn't it? They were stadium-sanctioned pyrotechnics, though, weren't they? they is that were, allowed, is they it? They were safe ones. Okay. It, was all, it was all above board. They got, it looked like a disco, didn't it, before that game? <laughs> it was yeah. a lot of glitz and glamour. A, a for, bloody discotheque. For Leeds against Crystal Palace in front of a half-full stadium. I didn't look at this game and I thought, what was the point of going to Australia? Like, it's a shit pitch. It's, half, it's only half-full. I know there's reasons, but... Do you know that reason? Well, there's one reason. We got paid money to be there. It's better than Myanmar, I suppose. Yeah. And a nice chance for the lads to all bond as well. Let's not forget that. A chance for the squad to all get to know one another. And our Australian fans to see the players. Yes. They enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I sometimes wonder, because there is a, you know, there is an argument to be made against going to the other side of the world for a pre-season tour. But then you see the happy, smiling faces of um, all the Australians who did manage to see Leeds play and went to a bar and had a, like a, Q&A with all the players and stuff and how they're not listening to this thinking, well, sorry for having a nice time. <laughs> Stuck down there with your sunshine and your spiders. Yeah, now what more do you want? You want some Leeds players to look at as well. But it seems to, from that point of view, it all seems really good. And, you know, they are the fans who wake up at, you know, we moaned about waking up at half past five in the morning to watch a friendly. That's normal for a lot of the people who then mm. got to see that match at a, at a reasonable hour and sort of see the players in the flesh. So... Good for them. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that is the the um, the club and the the tournament organisers driving intent, but it's a good uh, a good thing that happens while they're there. While this game was going on, I was having Neil Warnock, Michael Brown flashbacks because I was at Flamingo Land. Okay, well, so I've watched it. I have since watched it, but yes, I was. Um, How was it? It was good. Hi- I went, any highlights? Um, some good roller coasters and that. The yeah. Kids are just big enough now to go on that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out I was quite scared of them. In a way that I wasn't as a as a child. They're really big now. You've learned fear, haven't you? I have, yes. So, but I got a little memories of Neil Warnock on the motorbike. One, do you remember that picture of him and um, Michael Brown with the lemurs and all that? And sort ben, of stuff. ben Fry and a, and a gaggle of women were soaked to the skin, weren't they? On the uh, the log flume, mm. is that still there? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sp- sp- splash something. It's called S- yeah. Splash Fry. Splash Fry. Mm-hmm. It's the one. I spent a long time the other day, quite separately to this, but for similar reasons, trying to find. Um, there is a photograph of Sam Byram with a, a lemur on his head. And I knew I had it somewhere. It took me hours and I found it in the end. So I won. <laughs> what was it for? A day well spent. Just to look at. Um, the subject had come up. I think it was, uh, oh, it was because Rob was writing on the blog about Ilan Melier force feeding a mm. turtle. And it reminded me of that. And it had, yeah, I knew I had that picture somewhere and I was determined to find it. And um, yeah, fringe benefits of... Uh, Chris Dawson and uh, Jason Pierce sulking on some swings. <laughs> One of the greatest gifts I've, uh, I ever made. 
<laughs> it was completely joyless that, that picture. <laughs> There's completely yeah, absolute misery. But um yeah, but it was still uh yeah, I think it's a selfie Sam takes when he's got a, a lemur on his head. It's great. Good. But on balance, I think I having watched this since, I think I preferred Flamingo Land. And it wasn't great, was it? It it was fine. It's pre season, isn't it? It's, yeah. I try not to get too panicked about it. Shape and minutes, if you are to believe people who are in the game. You know, minutes in the legs and learning how to be organised together. So as long as it all comes together in another, it's only 11 days, isn't it? To the start of the season. That's exciting. Shape being? Uh, pe- penis-shaped. Penis-shaped, yeah. Of through, all through the middle. Jordan Ayew. Still annoying, isn't he? Even in pre-season, he moans like fuck and dives about. Um, so that's good. That's something we've, well, we've not learnt. We've had confirmed. I thought we were we were all right, weren't we? Just about. Yeah, it's a little, they've been weird these games with the Villa one as well, of like playing a Premier League opponent down under has meant they've not quite been as friendly as you'd like. Like Jordan Ayew's whole deal throughout the game, John McGinn trying to snap Archie Gray's ankle off, all that kind of stuff, which you didn't get against Brisbane Raw because it's a friendly and Brisbane Raw, like they had a lot of trialists in their team. It wasn't their first team anyway. So it's kind of like, I guess there's a question of how competitive you want these preseason matches to be before you have to say, well, actually, the result does matter and the aggro is important. Lorenzo should have been sent off in this as well, probably. Well, he, he definitely should because he did. Yeah. He looked like an innocent man to me. No, a normal man, an innocent man. <laughs> he did one. He did one two-footed lunge and then another little kick out later on, just for good measure. The second of which he got away with. It's only a preseason friendly, though, isn't it? You don't want to see people sent off for that. <laughs> but that's, that's what gives you the license, though, because you think, well. <laughs> Guy's not going to send me off. So do well. It's, <laughs> well that's exactly what Bamford did, isn't it? When he uh, it's like nineties rules again, isn't yeah. it? Where you get one basically, where the refs will be like, "Come on, it's, don't uh, don't do that." When I interviewed David Batty and asked him about the Sampdoria friendly, where he put their uh, left back over the um, hoardings <laughs> and was just um, basically winding Roberto Mancini up the entire match. Was this nineteen ninety two? Just for anybody not quite old enough to remember it, it was. And uh, his answer was, "Well, it's a friendly one. You can do what you want." <laughs> So, and that's exactly and the, true. But the follow-up to that was that the ref suggested that Wilkinson take him off, didn't he? And Wilco was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, Wilco went nuts. Um, he absolutely wasn't having that. So did, he was um, a sinned against us sinning. And uh, that's what we put him on the pitch to do. <laughs> so if you want to send him off, send him off. But I'm not going to book him. Uh, I'm not going to substitute him. The referee isn't in charge. The problem with Lorenzo is he was getting wound up in this game. Whereas Batty he's completely in control of himself in that Sampdoria game. He is clearly having a laugh. He's like winking at McAllister and stuff, being like, ah. This does do worry we, me a little. Anything, this yeah. is the factor that worries me a little bit about Llorente, that he's losing his head in pre-season. <laughs> just like, it doesn't matter, does it? It's just the way he is, I think. He's, he's consistent. He's, I suppose you could say he's getting into his sort of game space mm. already. He's not taking it easy. And obviously the big takeaway from this um, was the injury to Sinistera. Just a mere dozen or less minutes in. Very good minutes, though. What did Bamford describe? Um, Beckford described them as just uh, wasn't it twelve and a half great minutes, <laughs> something like that. A, re- a really, really good twelve and a half minutes. Yeah. I didn't really notice much of what he did in those minutes, but It'd be all the stuff off the ball that wasn't on the camera. Yeah, and Beckford's yeah. going to recognise it in the movement. Yeah. Admittedly, Beckford was commentating on yes. the, the television pictures, but <laughs> just like us. he can tell, he can tell. Yeah, it's it's an instinctive footballers thing. Footballers know, yeah. footballers know, game knows game. He's a very positive man, is uh, is Beckford, isn't he? So, and I guess he's employed by the club to to say nice things. If he's going, this looks terrible. Honestly, I wouldn't even bother going to that Wolves game. The state of this on the refereeing as well. We you've we've not mentioned the sickening assault on Somerville. Yep, that one is the pen, that quite rightly won as a penalty. I did fear for him as well after Sinister had gone off. Like 
mm-hmm. holding his hamstring. I thought that Jimmy might not uh, might not make it through the night after that. Mm. It was it was soft. It was not, it was not a penalty, <laughs> yeah. is what I would say. I mean, it was a it was a touch on his back, wasn't it? And he went down. So. I, but I love the uh, the mental gymnastics that we started to employ. Like that was somehow payback for McGinn not getting sent off in the Villa game, and you know, like you start to think, well, well, that's fine because it benefits us. So I'll justify it with this. Yeah, I mean, fine. They should have probably scored some more after that, shouldn't they? they? I know they did. They did get one. There were a couple of late chances for them as well. Yeah, there was that big break from. Uh, well, uh, they scored from our corner, didn't they? Mm. Which is a, a new development. It used to be that we couldn't defend corners. Now we can't defend from attacking corners. My big takeaway from all this was that our first eleven is probably going to look pretty good and pretty competitive, I think, in the Premier League. But when you start to tinker with it, and especially because we've got five subs this year, it might all start to get a little bit scrappy at times. But we're just going to have to kind of suck it up, I think. Mm, I don't know. I feel like we'll be generally, we'll have a stronger bench than last year. Yeah. Which isn't saying a great deal, particularly when we sign a new left back and a new striker. Although I really like the look of Gellhart in the bits we've seen of him in this this preseason. He looks like he's kind of taken another step forward, doesn't it? Like he's proper first team contention now, rather than being that guy that you want brought in because he's young and promising. He looks slender too. It's probably quite a strong argument for him starting against mm-hmm. uh, Wolves at the moment, just purely because Bamford seems to be still feeling his feet. And then whenever Gellhart's come on to replace him in preseason, he's had like three chances and been close. He hasn't scored, has he? Did he see? Yeah, he scored a header, didn't he? Who was that against? Raw. The Raw. Oh, oh, of course he did. Yeah, so he's got a goal. So that's good. And um, and there was nothing wrong with his uh, his chip in this one. So yeah, he he looks likelier to score than Bamford at the moment, which would be a combination of fitness and him just being a uh, you know feisty little bugger. I've been quietly impressed with Greenwood as well in the games I've seen. I think he's um, I think he looks actually quite useful as a midfielder now, which. I didn't think he was until until the end of last season. Reminds me a little bit of school, how your teachers kind of either made or broke your experience in one particular subject. And if you didn't like a teacher, mm. you wouldn't get on with that subject for, for a while. And maybe that's it. Maybe Jess is the right teacher for him. Um, and he just happens to thrive in that environment. Quite possibly. And uh, back to Ellen Road. Are you looking forward to this one on Sunday? It's a strange kickoff time, isn't it? And it does coincide with the, uh, the Women's Euros final. So if England get there, there's going to be uh, a bunch of people missing it. But... Um, it looks like it's going to be a healthy attendance, doesn't it? Got quite a lot of the ground has been opened, and I think just about all the tickets have gone. And at least half of those people know how to get in, which is, <laughs> which is great news. Those people waving. Maybe that's why there's a six o'clock kickoff. They're going to open the turnstiles at noon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm on holiday, so I'm not going to be at it. But um, I may try and I'll, I'll watch the replay of it when it's uh, when it's available on LUTV. You're looking forward to it, Moscow getting back in the ground. Um, if I'm going, <laughs> do you not know yet? No, I don't know yet. Um, but I'm going anyway. Do you need your spot on the... Uh... Oh, it's not oh, working properly. The gantry gong, that is. The yeah, I've not heard anything. So I don't know what, you know. They'll still, they'll, they'll still be unpacking from Australia, will the club? They'll just, oh, my suitcase, I'll get this out. Oh, is my laptop there? I'll go and log on that and sort out the stuff. And the Euro final is, you know, a reasonable rival to this because that's a game that actually matters, whereas this is, you know, friendly. I know it's Leeds, but it's also, it's just a friendly. So you'll be, it'll be like half a game. If it's like any of the friendlies so far, it'll be like good first half. And then by the end of the second half, you'll be wondering why you're there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be nice to be back. And it would be nice to sort of see if this could be the game when everything kind of comes together. And we're like, oh, okay, it's going to be all right. That'll yeah, be yeah. handy. Because we've not had that that moment yet. I know. Uh, and it doesn't really matter because you look at the state of Chelsea's preseason. Thomas Tuchel hates everything that's happening. Frank Lampard still hates all his players. 
They'll hate um, him, probably. Scum don't know where Cristiano Ronaldo's gone and, you know, everything's uh, terrible for a lot of teams. So we're avoiding a lot of that, which is good. But um, it would just be that little bit nicer if we could maybe have a game where it just looks really good before Wolves. But if not, just hope it looks good against Wolves. Speaking of Lampard, he's the one that immediately comes to mind um, on the Extra Ball this week. So we've got the, the Bates quiz that's there for you to, to watch at the minute and listen to. Um, we're going to do a manager tosspot tombola, aren't we? So we've got all the names of all, rather than previewing the clubs necessarily individually, we are, um, we've you've cut up 20 names, all the names of all the managers, put them into a pot and we're going to draw them out and um, go through it one manager at a time and see whether they're going to see out the season or not and see how we feel about them. Say nice things. Yeah, exactly. Some, about some. Some of them. Maybe. Maybe not others. No, no. Yeah, the, speaking of Wolves, I remember going to a, a pre-season game against Wolves. We had one, didn't we, a few years ago? I think it was Wolves. Because I remember turning up without a ticket thinking, oh, it's all right, I'll get one. And I queued for half an hour of the first half and then just went home because I thought, I'm not I'm not paying to watch half a, half a friendly. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go home now. So hopefully... The new ticket system, you'll be able to just buy one. Oh, you've already bought it, I guess, because yeah. I think this is going to be sold out. And you'll just wander up, beep in. We do know some people who've done the test thing. Yeah. And they all said it was good. Worked fine. So yeah. Hopefully that will continue. I mean, I got so. I got a train this week and I had my ticket on my phone for that and that worked fine. So mm. I imagine it's going to be similar. I just hide in the toilets for them. <laughs> it's cheaper. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you actually going to show up for the Wolves game then, Michael? Are you on all day for that? Are you being a fair weather fan again? I'm on all day for that, yeah. I blame FIFA. I forgot that the season started earlier. I booked these flights like a year ago, forgetting that the season had all moved about and there's a break in the middle and all sorts. So, yeah, sorry about that. I'm not here. Absolutely sickening. But I will watch it. So you will get to miss out on all the tickety fun. And uh, did you see, obviously, the, the phases that have been announced for the distribution of tickets for the Wolves game? Perfectly straightforward. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think 
it's a bad idea how it's all been laid out. I mean, six phases feels like a lot of phases. Mm, it does. And the, the ballot bit is slightly confusing because you're like, well, if you've not got one in that, can you go into the yeah. ballot still? And it's because they've they've introduced tiers of membership, haven't they? For like long-standing members versus new members, which and, I think which I think has confused some people into thinking that they could pay the extra twenty-five quid for my Leeds Plus, which is basically membership plus free LUTV, and they th- might have thought that that gave them access to the priority draw, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. I, d- I don't fully understand it because I've got a season ticket. <laughs> but yeah, it does It does on paper look a little bit confusing for people. But I suppose this is what happens when people actually want to go to Leeds games. We need a bigger ground, don't we? Mm. Let's do that. Can we d- put some more in? Calgary A fixture. Should we have a moan about that as well? <laughs> it's one of those things that no matter what the club announces, there's always a moan about it. So should we moan about everything? Yes. Not, the right, not quite the right shade of yellow, but close. Category A should be category F. Is there an A plus? Yes, there is. Bastards. Well, first game of the season, you kind of understand it, don't you? What do you think of the ticket prices? A bit pricey? I mean, again, being a season ticket holder, you're not affected by it. But are you, have you still got your 20-year season ticket? Has that run out yet? Uh, no, yeah, it's still going. How, how long have you got on that now? I can't remember if this is the last year or whether or not there's another year because of COVID, because it missed a year, obviously, with the not being able to go in for a season. So yeah. I think there might be one more year of it after this. At which point, I'll be furious about the prices. <laughs> but until then... Who cares? No, it is, um, yeah, they do seem expensive, but the depressing thing is they're not at all out of kilter with ticket prices in the Premier League, are they? It's just, it is Premier League, if you want Premier League football, you pay Premier League prices. And it, I suppose it is easier to stomach. Now we are in the Premier League, whereas Bates used to say that to us while we were um, in the Championship and not spending any money on anything, didn't he? So, yeah. I think as well, the um, the current setup of the membership price versus how many tickets are actually available to members, that feels like a rip-off to me. Yeah. Yeah, the maths of it doesn't quite work, does it, that you end up... You're paying a minimum 50 quid, if not 75, just to be in with a shot to get a handful of tickets. Mm. I mean, the junior prices are all right. Yeah. If we're going to look, if we're going to look at the, the the benefits of this, I think 11 quid's a fair enough sort of price. Junior season tickets are a good price. But yeah, 50 quid to sit in the, the stand lower with your knees cramped up against the seat in front does seem expensive back to football in matters then we're getting a, a 21s coach of course the 23 has been rebranded as the 21s this season and it's not like a, a hard ceiling is it in terms of the age group it's worth saying that there are more overage players allowed in the 21s than the 23s so you're still going to get people who will qualify for the 23s in the 21s but the bloke that's going to be running it looks like this guy Mike Scubala I've watched at least five minutes of him doing some coaching on the FA website Hugely impressive. You've, you've moved on from YouTube now. You're evolving. You're getting better. He was the first thing that came up on Google, right. so, so I watched some of that. He's, it's weird that he's um, he's just coaching futsal. It feels it feels like what he, what is futsal then for somebody who doesn't know? It's five aside. Is it fancy five aside? <laughs> it's five aside. There's no walls in it. It still goes out of play. Right. I think it's for improving close control and stuff. It's big in Brazil, isn't it? I actually watched some futsal this morning, even before I heard of this person whatsoever. Because I am subscribed to the Newell's Old Boys YouTube channel and they just put up, there was a, a futsal game against Atalanta, which I assume must be an Argentinian or a South American Atalanta. And I tried watching, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was more interested to see whether they get a big crowd to go and see their futsal. And it seems like they do. But every time I kind of just skip through to see, like get a, a taste of what it was like, there was just a, f- a free kick and the ball was out of play. I couldn't find any like real 
like bit of action. Passages of play. No, it seemed like it was pretty boring (laughs) and and pretty rubbish. There was one bit where there was like somebody pinged a ball quite quickly at somebody else and delayed it off. And it was really rapid, but then somebody just got kicked and the referee blew his whistle. And with it being such like a, a confined space and everybody's got to move and quite complicated, it seems to take ages for them to reset. So... He doesn't just do, I mean, he is Mr. Futsal when you look through his, um, his LinkedIn. He's uh, like the founder of the International Futsal Academy in 2012 and was doing futsal at... Um, Has he got any outrageous claims on his LinkedIn? No, he's got um, a more varied career than just futsal. And at the moment, um, it seems like the job we're taking him from is national football coach for the FA under-18s. Um, which is not futsal, so he's doing proper full size football at the moment, and he's also is a he's a technical and development consultant with UEFA. But yeah, he's got a big futsal seems to be like his big thing, but it's not like it's the only thing he does. So could be, and there's a lot of educational stuff in there. So Loughborough University, um, British Universities and Colleges Sport, Lutterworth College, Nottingham Forest Academy under eights to under twelves, Coventry Academy. So he's done loads. He's been around and assuming he's any good, he seems to be moving upwards. If uh, UEFA and the FA will countenance him coaching, then hopefully he should be all right with our under 21s and the, co. The interesting bit is the progression from futsal, which I presume does promote close control and so on and so forth with a different, such a slightly different size. Is it heavier ball you were saying? It's a bit smaller and heavier. Right. From what I can gather. So it was. A bit, I did just check the Wikipedia, by the way, before anyone corrects me. It was from Uruguay, right? It was created, not Brazil. Okay, it's close though. Yep. The, path, well, the pathway. Sorry, I was going to say Third from the River Plate. <laughs> <laughs> the pathway from uh, the pathway from futsal to full size coaching is interesting, and in that they see that as a natural progression, and that he's a good fit for it. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Actually, I mean, we should do well in the twenty ones if we've now we've dropped down to the Premier League two division two. Should hopefully bounce back up again. Should do. And there's investment going in as well, isn't there? In that, that kind of a level. We've signed uh, Sonny Perkins. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? It is. It is there. I get mixed up with Sonny, the other one, the kid from the 90s. A uh, couple of things to draw your attention to. Uh, the graphic that I've put here on the sheet that um, Football Insider used. It seems like their generic transfer graphic where you've got, uh, is it sort of like yellow and black Sky Sports newsy kind of... Uh, exciting and there's a big it looks like a lightning storm emerging from the back of the Leeds United badge there and uh, and Mike Scubala stands there with his arms folded gazing off towards the west stand because it's overlaid on Ellen Road maybe he was there maybe this is the big photo shoot that they've not revealed yet Possibly. he's very big he, he's, the, say. he's an absolute giant yeah it's like they've taken a, a 20 foot version of him put him in the uh, um, <laughs> southwest corner and he's staring out all the away fans yeah. <laughs> he's like just He's got his feet on the turf, but he's um, he's glaring at the back row of the West Stand. And his, his head's clean over over the east as well there, isn't he? Big lad, big lad. Good luck to him. And have you seen this on his um, on his Instagram? I had a little poke around on that. And he's posed it as a question. He's not necessarily advocating this for uh, for the absolute truth, but he's asking other coaches, what's your thoughts on this, coaches? And it's a, it's a pie chart which suggests that elite level performance is 35% genetic predisposition, 25% internal drive, 20% environment, 15% coaching and 5% luck. I mean, Michael, uh, as the elite level mm. coach among us, you know, what do you put your podcasting performance down well, there's to? Nothing, there's nothing on that pie chart about kicking it hard. Right. So, well, I mean, what, have you got a lot of internal drive? It didn't feel like you did when you were at ITV. <laughs> I didn't know. I got through, didn't I? Um, 
you think how to survive doing just about enough? The environment was not right for me. I think right. that was the so main that was the main thing. Twenty percent and the there. genetic predisposition towards um looking on Twitter more than I should, <laughs> I think also impacted performance yeah. in that particular role. Any thoughts on the fifteen percent coaching there at ITV or were they a great bunch of lads? Ah, they were a great bunch of lads, really. I don't could couldn't teach me anything, that's the thing. <laughs> do you like that Moscow, that pie chart? What do you make of that? I'm with Jack Milligan one who has replied to him. Uh, he's the only person who I've shared any thoughts that it's a massive generalisation. So oh, there you go. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a reply. I can't see what um, it looks like Skabal's replied to him, but that's not on your screenshot. Maybe Skabal is telling him, don't know what the hell he's talking about. Shut his dirty mouth. Get off his Instagram. It could be another Colleen Rooney affair. But we'll see what you think of this. It's a total I've, mystery. I've got the reply here. It says, oh, okay. for sure it's too segmented and rather should be looked at as different amounts of paint pots that bleed and mould into each other depending on many factors such as age, culture, level, etc, etc. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's quite, probably quite a nuanced take. You can say that, you know, these things probably all factor into elite level performance but not in the uh, the hard and fast amounts that are being uh, dictated by this trivial pursuit pie. It's interesting I was choosing to use his Instagram because it is kind of a, there's a sort of leadership type memes, st- other stuff like that. But there's also like pictures of his kids and awesome. then there's also pictures of futsal and there is a picture of a baby there, hope it's his, and there's a lake. I will say, looking at this pie chart, I mean, I know Moscow's the maths expert, but there's the 5% look, 15% coaching. What does that add up to? What, sorry? 5 and 15, what does that 20. add up to? And what, and what percentage of the pie chart does that take up? Oh, yeah, it's taking up a quarter. It's taking it? up a quarter, which is 25. All oh, right, yeah. How much? So, so it's a bad pie chart. Is this? That's upset. what I'm saying. Yeah, fair point. Absolutely. Yeah, fair point. No fair. one's mentioned. I'm going to go on and comment that. <laughs> no, it's two years old as well. It's as bollocks, this pie chart. Anyway, I think we feel like we've got waylaid. Um, Possibly. Yes. Um, Charles de Ketelier, is he uh, going to be coming in for our under 21s? Because he still qualifies, I think, doesn't he, for the uh, the younger age group? Oh, it's just never going to end, is it? Are you just bored of it now? I think this is what Milan are trying to do, though. Trying to Barcelona, just, just trying to totally bore everyone to death. So it's like, oh, right, fine, have him. Hoping that eventually Bruges got fucking. Whatever. So if you're getting pestered and pestered and pestered, you've got kids, you know what it's like. They're mm. pestering you, pestering you, pestering you. Can we do this? Can we have this? No, no. And in the end, you just go, just have, just have get it. Get an ice lolly. Go just on. have it. Go yeah. get one. That's it. That's, mm. I think that's what Milan are trying to do. Yeah. He sat out the start of Club Bruges season at his own request, asked if he could not play and decided instead to sit in the stands wearing a cap that said freedom on it. So That's an interesting choice, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Which is more? Is he a George free. Michael fan? Wham, could be. He's certainly he's got George Michael's hair circa about nineteen eighty four. So that's and it suits him. So that's all good. I'd, I'd, if I had his lovely head of hair, I wouldn't put a cap on top of it. You'd want to let that feel the breeze. So you've still got a fine head of hair, Moscow. Yeah, but have you seen his? Well, yeah, but he's a, young, so, he's a much younger man than you. He might have been better off writing freedom on his cheek in pen or something to get the <laughs> message across instead of like Prince. Um, yeah, instead of. A, <laughs> A hat, but um, yeah. So I don't know if that's a, what you make of that, but he's doing it. Well, maybe he might. He might change. His, he relevant. might change his name to a symbol, Moscow. Yeah, in order to escape the cruel. Is is it bizarrely? He, he almost strikes me as a bizarre. I know he's a young man. You know, like I'm twice his age or whatever. He strikes me as awfully sensitive, according to all the reports you read. Like he's yep. he's very very particular about this move. He'll fit in perfectly then if we end up signing him. <laughs> Thin-skinned players notoriously do well at Leeds United. Ask him how we greeted Sean Gregan <laughs> with the abuse in the car park about two games into his Leeds career. Oh dear me. Do you want, do you want him or should we just... Oh, fine, yeah, time. fine, we'll have him. 
Yeah. And someone else as well. I think we should reluctantly have him if we eventually do. Well, we've done the deal with Milan, haven't we? I think it's um, just that he's waiting. Yeah, we'll get a left back too. And Noah Lang. Yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a proper prick, isn't he? He's not. <laughs> oh, but it looks like he's on the move, doesn't it? That's another thing. We've been linked to him, obviously, as you know, in, in Windows past and another club have liked him. I think if it comes down to a, a coin flip between sort of a disappointed young man who is reluctantly having to delay a dream of playing for Milan and this prick, uh, we go with the, the, the crying boy and we just try and cheer him up instead of trying to restrain Noah. Why is he a prick, Moscow, in, in case people don't fully know? Just, there's too many reasons. <laughs> just Google to, it. Yeah, he's, he's just generally, it's not just like, you keep hearing about what, one thing and you think, oh, okay, well, maybe that's all right. And then he does something else. You're just like, oh, no, we don't need this. <laughs> it's quite, it, it strikes me as quite high maintenance, but in a different way. Like mm. the kettle needs, obviously needs an arm around him and looking after, um, and he's mum bringing with him. Noah Lang, he'd probably make a move on your mum, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, will Charles de Ketelet's mum be getting a van to get him out of that horrible place like Matt Grimes's mum was at the end of the um, his his doomed loan spell? She proper Facebooked that, didn't she? As well, it's worth adding that. Mm. Went on Facebook and got and got um, screen grabbed. If not them, then who? I mean, uh, uh, Callum Wendo continues to be linked. It does feel like the whole thing's just on hold now, doesn't it? Until Milan pull a finger out of their arse and he decides one way or another. The fact that we're still in for him makes you think that there must be something to it and he's worth waiting for. He looks like a brilliant player. Is that from YouTube? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Like I, I said before, like the club use like Scout and data and stuff like that. It's just a glorified YouTube, isn't it? <laughs> it's just better edited highlights. You don't have to look through cat videos to get there. Maybe there are cats on Scout. I don't know. It's arguably worse edited highlights because I think when a lot of people do those highlights videos for YouTube, they just go to Scout and just download a clip of like volleys for, for a certain player. But they had music and stuff, whereas you don't get that on Y Scout. Would you like to contact Y Scout? Do you want to tell them up your game? Stick some uh, obscure Hungarian hip hop on there. I'd like to tell them to stop renewing the uh, the subscription I took out to them just to see what it was like. I did a, I did a free trial, and I think I've ended up spending like three hundred quid a year. Like <laughs> fucking nonsense. <laughs> Learned absolutely nothing. Um, I think I watched some highlights of Yusuke Iriguchi to see how he was getting on before he went back to Celtic. Money well spent. Yeah. Um, oh, when I watched... Um, about cancelling it or...? Melier when he first turned... It's, well, it's one of those that's really difficult to cancel. Have they so got, got Melier's uh, tortoise action on there? No, but they had one of him uh, when he was playing for... Um, where did we sign him from? Was it Lyon? No, it was Lyon. <laughs> it was Lorient. 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 <laughs> There's so is many. That, is it anywhere near Rouen? Uh, I don't know if it's near Lille. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he did a total... Um, he came out of his goal and did an air kick and the other team scored. But he's never actually made a mistake like that for us um, until I guess the Arsenal one last season. And I watched another Melier one when he was in international duty because he was playing for France under-21s and he made, uh, he didn't touch the ball. Did so those were pretty low, pretty low number of highlights for that game. Talking about highlights, packages of goalkeepers. You see... Uh... Bailey Peacock Farrell's uh, show reel in the mm. it was Burnley against Newcastle, but it seemed to be like a behind closed doors training exercise that they filmed and then uploaded, and there were lots of goals in it. And uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell, if you haven't seen it, didn't necessarily cover himself in glory. You try things out Covered in pre season, something, don't you? The tr- try, he was trying out not using his hands. But there was an occasion where a shot came in from a very narrow angle on the left hand side, his right, and. Instead of like just catching it or knocking it out, he decided to push it straight into his net. He could very easily have headed that away. Yeah. 
It was I'm that. Not, cl- it looked that close to him. I'm not even sure he didn't add it in. <laughs> it's really difficult to work out what actually happens, but it's like a player crosses the front post, the goalkeeper is there, but because it's Bailey Peacock Farrell, the ball goes in. And I still don't know how it happens. It's an absolute mystery. But he's great. I hope he's um, starting for Burnley. I must admit, I'm enjoying the, all the Burnley fans going, for fuck's sake, <laughs> this is our international goalkeeper. And the, the other thing I noticed about Burnley is they conceded after about the second or third goal, which only took about 20 minutes by the looks of things, all their players were blowing out their asses. Like they looked knackered. So I immediately have put uh, a small wager on Huddersfield to beat them on the opening day because they look to, you know, to be that fucked with a week to go before the season starts and to have Bailey Peacock Farrell in goal. Even Huddersfield Town should be able to secure a win. So obviously when the fun stops, stop, but there's maybe a, an easy an easy wager there if you <laughs> I think I put 50 pence on okay um, just rounding up all the other stuff then looks like we're getting a new assistant coach which I think is good mm. need, apparently you need those coaches and stuff um, it's going to be the, uh, the lad who was at Borussia Dortmund a mere child mm, 29 is he Rene Maric Maric mm. another Red Bull man previously at Salzburg but not with Jesse as far as I can gather they uh, they just missed each other didn't they but they're all you know they're all colleagues that's true no one did just no matter which franchise you're at, you are all you're working together for the same goal. Sometimes just sell a lot of fizzy drinks. I was going to say the way they talk about it sometimes reminds me of like the sort of Facebook pyramid selling type things. Like they're gonna they're gonna invite me along to a conference and I'm going to spend eight hundred quid on a starter pack of products. Yeah, but, but you can you can get a white Mercedes if you stick with it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just get... See this, then they'll put a photo of that white Mercedes. You can have that if you keep <laughs> if you plug away if you work really hard. But ultimately, it's about hard work that will get you there. Mm. Yeah, then you'll get it. Oh, well, I'm glad we've got an assistant manager anyway, because it felt... Um, because you it felt, hate Mark Jackson. But it felt unconventional going into the season without one. Well, Mark Jackson was never the plan, was he? He's just... I think he's... You tell him that. Well, bless him. Well, he, he was never the plan on the pitch either, was he? <laughs> For Leeds. I think that's part of the problem. I've kind of got memories of him plodding around George Graham's midfield. But no, he's um, he seems to be good mates with Jesse, doesn't he? Got, yeah. Got right in with him. But not good enough to be his assistant. <laughs> no. <laughs> Still um, got to know his place. Joffrey's getting a new contract, close to being agreed. It looks like five years. Good, a pay increase. Presumably, it'll, it'll go up the more goals he scores and the better he gets. Yeah, twenty-five to thirty-five seems to be the the rumored amount. Because you see that man, you go, that's not much, but then you think it's it's actually twenty-five <laughs> to thirty-five thousand pounds a week that's every a, that's every an week. annual salary every week, isn't it? <laughs> Good for him. But yeah. he's he looks, do, you, do you want him to sign that? Yeah, it looks great. Do you want him to sign so, that, Moscow? I think it would be uh, best. Yeah, I'd want us to sign some strikers as well. Yeah, to help him out. Yes, but not block him. Mm-hmm. They can play as well. Well, back to Ellen Road on Sunday. Then I'm definitely going Moscow. You might be going, Michael. Your fair weather and not going. Uh, where, where are you going instead? I'm going to Montenegro. Right, home of Brian. Yes, exactly. Who was from carrying the hopes of a nation on his yeah. shoulders? Where was he actually from? Was he from Ecuador. Can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember. So. I think he might have been Paraguayan. That might be it. Yes, as we've as we've previously discussed, though, regards to like uh, Brazil and Argentina, and that's like, all the same. Much of a muchness. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. all they're all five minutes away from each other, aren't they? <laughs> he was Paraguayan. There you go. I'm glad I remembered that. He currently plays for. He's playing in Brazil for Atlético Guaninense. <laughs> It's quite a complicated name. Goanians. Go there we go. That's a bit better. Second time around. On loan from Olympia. How's he, how's he been doing? What are his career stats after leaving Leeds? Um, I think he did all right for a while. He, at Olympia. Had he been at West Ham before joining us? For like, he was there for sort of 10 minutes, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he had a loan, uh, didn't play. 
Olympia is record since 2017 is 101 games, 28 goals. That's not terrible. And last season he was at Independiente de Valle, 15 appearances, seven goals. He's got one in eight so far for his new team, Atletico, which is as near as I'll go to pronouncing them again. Bless him. Anyway, so I look forward to seeing him. Because uh, he's there. Because he's there. Yeah, it's the whole, the whole country. <laughs> Almost certainly. Yeah, named after him. Right, there you go. That wraps it up for uh, for this week then. I guess we kick back into... Are you, are you, you're going to be swanning off away next week then, are you? You're not going to be here? No. We'll have young Robert in. Shambles. Uh, we'll return next week then to preview the start of the season. It's too soon, isn't it? It does feel like it, but I am ready. I am, as I was saying there, I'm, I'm excited to get back into Ellen Road. I've, I've kind of missed it, I think. He did play for West Ham. He was a 78th minute substitute on the 8th of January 2012 in a 1-0 FA Cup third round away defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Happy memories. There we go. That wraps it up for this week. We will return next week with a weekly show. Look out for the Phil Hay show later on this week as well. Going to be speaking to Hayden Evans on that one. That should be good. Getting the uh, the inside track on moves for Creswell, Shackleton. Find out about Archie Gray. Make sure he's all right. His legs all right. Because Phil booked his holiday for the right week, didn't he? So he's back for the start of the season. Because Phil is not an idiot like you. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> we'll speak to you then. The Square Ball Podcast. 